0: Ready? We got history in the making. Here, we right? are ready to rock and roll. And to all of you who can hear us now over the headset, welcome in to our redone day number three here at the Phoenix Challenger. Alex Gruskin joined by the voice you hear introducing each and every one of these matchups. It's our dear friend Andy Zoden. Andy. First of all, what are you? Year five. Four? First of all, what do I do? No, yeah, that's very, very <laughs> what true. What is
1: exactly that you do here? Yeah, year Something, four. I want this is year three, year three. for me. Okay. This is year three for the tournament. So we started in 19. Okay. Matteo Berrettini won it. Yeah. We've come. And full we had circle. a couple of COVID years. Sure. Then we come back last year. Dennis Kudla. Okay. Bags the double. Oh. wins the singles and the doubles with Tret Huey. Sure. And Dennis is back. You're going to see him play a little doubles tonight. Okay. Matteo Berrettini is back. So we've got the two former champions mm-hmm. both well, on that court
0: yeah. today. I like Johnny that. Johnny Levine made that happen. And that's what he does. And ladies and gentlemen, let's get a round of applause if we can for Johnny Levine, the tournament director, who we're immensely grateful for. Yeah, Which is no, why I'm him glad him as much it. love, love as possible. Well, and no doubt. You know, it's interesting you bring up Tret Huey, who you see on the banner here behind me. I was like, what could Tret Huey have possibly have done to become a banner level player? Because I know Tret Huey. Some of you may remember him from last season, but not the guy you typically see selling the tickets here. And of course, Dennis Kudla, part of the crowd here uh, again today. He's playing doubles later tonight as well it's been a pretty fun event so far let's start by talking about some of the things we have seen and first and foremost we just saw our top seed Matteo Berrettini earn a straight set victory now again Berrettini playing here this week hasn't had the best 2023 but I asked the most astute eyes in the business here, Andy. Yeah, no, Johnny's behind yeah, you. Yeah, oh, okay. um, No, I'm just curious. What did you see from Mateo? How do you think he performed? Well,
1: I think what I saw from Mateo was what we saw when we first laid eyes on him on that very same court in 2019. A guy that can, that can really bully his opponent. Sure. Massive serve, massive forehand, and a guy who I think, as I asked him in the post-match interview, really kind of used this tournament as a catalyst for much greater things. He mm-hmm. goes from here to... Uh, a round of 16 uh, appearance at Wimbledon that year. My wife, who was here and fell in love with him. Yeah. I have a picture of my wife on my phone with her, and she has a picture of she and Matteo Berrettini. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. So I'm not sure how that's worked out. There was a lot of swooning. Yes, there yeah, is. Swooning's yeah, the word of the is. day. We, we kind of, yeah. I've, I've heard the Italian I made eye
0: contact, and yeah. I was like, well, okay. No, no, yeah, he sure. definitely. He's a
1: guy's guy, too. But um, I, I think that when he won here, he goes and does well at Wimbledon, loses to Roger Federer. But then six months later, My very same wife goes to the U.S. Open and, lo and behold, (laughs) watches her play Rafael Nadal in Mm -hmm. the semis of the U.S. Open. So goes from watching him play on that court over there at the Phoenix Country Club to center court, Ash Stadium, uh, in one of the biggest matches you could possibly play.
0: So does that mean you're paying for his appearance fee this week? It's it's, it's out of your pocket. Well,
1: and I didn't bring her here. That's good. (laughs) No, but he, you know, listen, the crowd loves him. Oh, absolutely. And I swore I heard a couple of people over at that bar after the match, ask if they could mix him, uh, mix themselves a, a tall, dark Berrettini. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I don't know if that was these ladies up front. but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's a double dose. Again, <laughs> handsome. He's got the tattoos, too. So mysterious. It's everything you're looking for. But, you know, perhaps most the of the Hugo like, Boss contract, yeah, uh, let's not forget. Also, and again, I'm going to get crazy here and compliment his tennis. Hold for applause. Wow, okay. His serve, his forehand. Not too shabby either. And those weapons jump out to you right away. And all due respect to Matteo Bellucci, who's played really good tennis over the past year. He's won his first two challenger titles in the past six months. Came, you know, again, he was the recipient of the lucky loser today. He came ready to play. We all saw he was limping for a set and a half. It was an incredible effort. And yet, like, I don't think Berrettini's ever seen a ball he doesn't think, yeah, I could hit a winner on this.
1: Well, and in the case of Matteo versus Mattia yeah. you got to assume that those guys are sparring partners that Mattia has probably been out there with the Italian Davis Cup team sure. getting Matteo Berrettini mm-hmm. ready to play those matches so they probably know each other's games well and you almost wonder if that's not a little bit of an equalizer mm-hmm. for Bellucci mm-hmm. to go out there and you would think he would be awed by this huge presence in so yeah. many ways but in reality he looked like He belonged out there with Berrettini, and he didn't seem like he was awed by the moment. I was impressed with his effort. Mm -hmm.
0: You ready for a little trivia question? Matteo Berrettini. He, in his career, two out of three set matches on hard courts. He's played 115 of them. I just did some math. I had 115. What's his record?
1: Matteo Berrettini. Two out of three set matches on hard courts. Mm -hmm. 115 matches. I guarantee,
0: by the way, he's going to get this wrong. Shots on me if he's right. Okay, I would. I'll give him even a five match cushion.
1: I'm going to go. You're going to give me plus five. I'll give you plus five. Okay, plus five is the line. Plus ten. I'm going to go. I'm going to
0: go. 85 and 30. And this is why the drinks are on you. 59 and 56, which is shocking. I agree because you see his serve, you see his forehand, double please on the rocks. Um, But you see his serve, you see his forehand, you think to yourself, this is a guy who should dominate a hard court. Always. He hasn't throughout the course of his career. And that's why, again, I think we see him playing here this week because it is, you know, again, chance to get some matches in before Miami chance to get his confidence up. He, was not healthy at Indian right. Wells, left Mexico a couple of weeks ago, not healthy either. So to see him playing better tennis here to start, to see him again, there was the one volley he let go by him and he thanked the star. Two feet yeah, in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're yeah. just like, all right, so you're not seeing the ball cleanly right. right now. Slowly but surely, though, rounding into form is he your favorite right now, or would you point to someone else in the field?
1: You know, it's always hard to know. You've got Emil Roussevori. Yeah. He's going really good. Oh. I happen to be in Diet, the stadium.
0: Diet Yannick Center, not to interrupt you, but right. that's Roussevori. For no, me. that is
1: Roussevori. I even, you know, of course, I go back a lot further. I see a little <laughs> bit of Borg in his demeanor. Oh. In his demeanor. and is I, it the blonde which hair? I, like. I think it might be. The <laughs> Scandinavian, the <laughs> yeah, blue eyes. Exactly. He's got the whole Borg thing going. But Emil had Zverev on the ropes yes. in the stadium court you know, at Indian Wells not a week ago. Mm-hmm. He had that match. So Roussevori is a guy that I would not write off. And you see these young guys come in, you know, so full of opportunity in their eyes, kind of the way we saw Mateo come in that first year. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just ready to take it to the next level. And I think that's what these challenges are all about. And I ask you, Alex, do you feel that sometimes the burden of expectation is what really weighs heavily on some of these players? So a guy like Berrettini comes in here in 2019, 57 in the world, and he's on the house's money for the better part of a year. He's not defending points, and suddenly he's in the semis of the U.S. Open, and then he finds himself in London at the Tour Championships. Now all of that pressure to defend all of those points and that reputation, I think that weighs heavy on these older guys, and you see that manifest itself in okay. these in these challenger events was that a question I'm not
0: sure it was. Yeah, No, I uh, (laughs) look, I'm going to pander for the sake of pandering. First of all, I think, and I don't know if you've met him. There's this guy named Johnny Levine runs an excellent event here. And because he keeps things so classy, because again, it is a, it, it is a 175, but talk to any player on the grounds as we've been fortunate enough to do. They're all talking about how this feels like any other ATP event, how you have the beautiful amenities here of the Phoenix country club. You have a fantastic crowd, which going from challenger to challenger, I have never seen 10 AM on a Thursday, the entire bleachers filled they were this morning and it helps to have 70 degrees out you know that's always a benefit um but again i think it speaks to the buy-in of this phoenix community that these guys won't feel any additional pressure because this does feel like a routine event i mean again you've got a beautiful 18 hole golf course i know i'm not going to rat any of them out but every player was thinking how can i sneak on later today and get a few holes in and just you know again Berrettini today, because it was Bellucci, a fellow countryman, a younger-than-him player from his country, I bet he did feel a little bit of pressure. I think you could see that in all the balls he let sail. Uh, but more broadly, no. Well, this not
1: goes, only that, and not to interrupt you, no, but please. one ball flew off of his racket, landed on the green, and I believe good? he was putting for birdie. Yeah, when <laughs> he, when he came would. out there, so that was the way he was going to get on the golf course was <laughs> by shanking a ball out there. i and saying, you yeah, know, I should have thought of that. That's I a guess. good, that's a good
0: move by him. But you know, again, it. I don't think so. You know, the the one where you'd say, was this a manifestation of pressure? Manifestation, there's your word for you all. Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll use the big words here. You know, the amalgamation of all of these different characters. That's a good characters. word, too. I'm going to throw them all out into Michigan. Shout out. Um, no, Yeah, thank you for laughing. <laughs> um, no, I would say that the big thing, like, Diego Schwartzman. So that's the one where you say the number two seed, knocked out first round by Nuno Borges, who, of course, we were fortunate enough to have join us here a moment ago. I don't think that's an upset. Like, Diego's really struggled over the course of the past few months Nuno's a guy with his stock on the rise I think those are the sort of results that we should expect to see here this week and more emblematic of the Larger trend right now on the ATP tour. It's generational shift time, baby I mean we're going from Andy to Alex. We're going from Roger to Mateo We're doing all the like I just do think we have finally dare I say not completely closed the book but turn the page to the final chapter of the Big Three era.
1: So it sounds to me like in a roundabout way, if I connect the dots, you're talking about the younger guys pushing out the older guys. Yes. Yeah, so this will be my yeah. last broadcast yeah. because Alex Kruskin is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that's not where we're going. But yeah. I, I I do agree with you that we're just mm-hmm. finally seeing that. It's the
0: middle the, class almost.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and I, I think, you know, obviously we're seeing we're seeing Carlos Alcaraz yeah, come sure. in and there he's got plenty to say about what's going on right now and he's going to be a guy that we're We're probably going to see on Sunday at Indian Wells, and you are. You're seeing, and it's, you know, you talk about the event that that Johnny is putting on, and it's not lost on me, having grown up with him and played in college with Johnny that he played in these kind of events and he knows what the players want. Sure. He knows what the players want at these challengers and he's giving them that and some. And so it, it, it does create a, a, an atmosphere of, of comfort and relaxation. And you're seeing these, these French guys over here playing cards over there. I mean, they couldn't be more relaxed. I mean, Richard Gasquet is, you know, he's over there playing poker yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got yeah. a match tomorrow. Uh, he's, he
0: he's up enough money. He's going to pay the exactly. initiation fee to join this club now <laughs> after his weekend of club uh, exactly. of card games. But I do think, you know, you're, you bring up a big point. It's not just the top of the game with Alcarez and Sinner. Like, gone are the Philip Kohlschreibers of the world. Right. Gone are the, I don't want to say it too loudly, but like the Joe Wilfred Tsongas of the world. Right. Like, again, yeah, the generation yeah. of veterans who had been a part of the game for so long they're replaced by the Rusevories of the world. Right. They're replaced by the Borgeses of the world. This new, the Kvasevich's of the world, who obviously was yeah. fantastic in a 7-6 third set win earlier Brilliant. today. I just think, again, this is, this is the new middle tier. These are the guys who are going to be competing week in, week out, day in, day out. And that's what makes getting to see them all compete this week here in Phoenix. Such a pleasure. Now I ask you, is there a guy you've seen Baratina aside, because we already talked about him, mm-hmm. is there a guy who stood out to you who's played so far, or is there a guy you have circled saying I would like to watch them play later?
1: I liked, even though he lost to Richard Gasquet, because yeah. clearly the veteran had the veteran moxie to take him down. Sure. I was impressed with Emilio Nava. Okay, I really was. I liked that kid out of L.A. I, you know, he moved well, and and I liked his demeanor. He lost it a little bit in the end because Gasquet just just took the wind out of his sails. Um, gosh, I mean, there's. I like everything I'm seeing in this draw. So there's not one particular player. I mean, yes, obviously seeing Berrettini, and I think it's 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 great that you talk about Borges over Schwartzman not being an upset. Of yeah. course, with Schwartzman not being on the grounds, you can say that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah very true. That
1: he might hear you say yeah. that. But I agree with you. Nuno was uh, was brilliant, and I'd like to see him him move on. Um, I you know the the team that I want to watch a little bit more of is uh, is Ram and Salisbury because I think that adds to the the, uh, the prestige of this tournament, having, you know, the the defending U.S. Open doubles champions. Yeah. You've got you've got matches that are being played in the first round in the doubles in this tournament. It could easily be a major final, and I'm not overstating that.
0: No, I mean, Mahut and uh, Pierce, Pierce today lost first round to Cash and Patton. Cash and Patton have won, like, nine challenger events Brilliant like this team. over the course of the past six months. Yeah, lefty, righty, they move well at the yeah. net, they serve in volley. The doubles... If you think the singles draw is good this oh. week, the doubles draw is actually where the money is made. That is those are the matches right. you want to watch because yeah. again, those are the best doubles players in the world. Did you get the chance to watch Kovacevic today? I did. I saw the end of it. I saw him hold on for dear life and win that tiebreaker. Yeah. What do you think of his serve for? I just in terms of what tennis is supposed to look like if you're drawing your ideal technique I think Alexander Kovacevic would be like, if I could hit my forehand like him just once, I might still be out there playing.
1: You know, it's interesting how a lot of these guys, you wouldn't dare teach a yeah. country club player to try to do what they do because sure. athletically there's no way in the world. <laughs> but a Kovacevic is a guy that you can, you can take a lot of what he's doing and you can allow a club player sure. to try to emulate some of that and they might actually be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that way of Djokovic as well. I, I think that you know, you're not gonna teach an doll forehand and you're not gonna teach a Djokovic stretch backhand where <laughs> yeah. he's doing the splits. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. there are certain things that you're these guys that? do where <laughs> they're using they're using their racket head speed to generate spin, mm-hmm. to, you know, which then gives them control. That's something that you can take to the club player level, and you, you see a lot of that out here. You're not going to see club players doing what these guys are doing.
0: Yeah. No, I, I would, I've said this before. Would I give up the final month of my life to have Kovacevic's forehand? I think I won't. I'm going to play more than a month of tennis, like moving yeah. forward, and like the joy I will get from that. Oh. It's a trade off I'll take.
1: Well, and the last month of your life might be spent in a nursing home right. eating oatmeal through a straw. So, yeah. I mean, that, That's so
0: what are you giving up? Knock on that? wood. That sounds ideal. Right. Yeah, yeah, God willing. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully I can still take the straw. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds like a win for me. Um, yeah, no, I just, it's how cleanly, the, it's the right. technique. It's You're absolutely right. It feels. Tangible is the wrong word, but it just feels like something I can do. Like, I see it. I believe it. It's very technically sound. It seems very pure. Uh, you're absolutely right. And, like, between his forehand, you have Richard Gasquet's backhand, obviously oh, still alive in play. And I'm just –
1: beautiful one-hander.
0: And I'm telling you right now, the Gasquet-Kovacevic match tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Circle it. Book your – you know – Cancel out the the meetings you have throughout the day. Clear the schedule. Clear the
1: schedule of any NCAA basketball you thought about watching. Come and watch
0: this. March Madness is happening in Phoenix here this week. And it's the madness of this 175K event, no doubt about that. It's
1: the madness of... Cracked Rackets and Kickserveradio.com. It's, it's Coming crazy. Coming together, man.
0: It's it's the a, collaboration people have been waiting for.
1: A kid like you and a grandpa like me. I mean, who'd have thunk
0: <laughs> it? Greskin, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you're the Princeton to my UVA. This is an <laughs> upset here today. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, oh, God. I do think, you know, again, to stay with this theme of Phoenix, first of all, if you're telling this cry, if you're if someone's in the Phoenix area and they're listening to this show, why should they come to this event?
1: Well, first of all, it's it's a beautiful venue. Yeah. It's beautiful weather. We're going to have a big Yonex demo day on okay. Saturday morning so that they can come and check out all the great new... You know, I was in uh, Florida, and I asked the, the, the head stringer. I, w- I was kind of joking. I said, what racket can you put in my hand that I, if I could never beat the guy I could never beat, this racket would, would, would allow me to get the win? And he <laughs> said, it's the Yonex V-Core. And I, I was kidding, and he actually had an answer for me. So people will get to try that racket, yeah. which is apparently got you know magic dust sprinkled all over it i don't know yeah, exactly well,
0: if i may interrupt on this yonix v core but by the way yonix not yonix fun fact we've got
1: the yonix yonix rep
0: right over yonix, there so right, there, chris johnson yes okay. thank you i yoni Understand. i forget it's like Yamaha. i forget how to say Yoniyama. Yoniyama. yes thank yes. you and he's emphasized it's yonix not yonix common mistake but i have often implored yonix to dare I say sponsor the show because I would like to be paid for my endorsement of the racket. You know how in life, because I'm going to endorse you've it. You've got the road laughing here. harder than yeah, this anyone. This is good. That. So that's and so good. So that's a good sign If you, you like this analogy, yeah. you tell me if we should get the deal in place. Everyone's had, you know, everyone has their preference of chocolate chip cookie. And I think some people are the crispy chocolate chip cookie, right? You like it hard on the outside, chewy all the way through. Sometimes when you're a college kid on, like, the North Campus dorm. you just eat it raw. Well, to reward the kids, they put the cookies in the oven for two minutes, and then they're like, here, cookie dough, enjoy. Right. The Yonix V-Core is that perfect cookie okay. where you still have the rubric of structure of the cookie on the outside, but then you take a bite into it, and it's just mm gooey chocolate goodness, that's the V-Core swing. Because you have the rubric of the frame on the outside. You're going to feel like you're getting outside the ball. You're going to feel like you have the control you're looking for. And then you get the free swing as well. And that's the gooey chocolate meltedness on the tennis court manifesting itself. Where, again, control plus a free swing it's why Yonix might have created the perfect racket.
1: And if you Sponsorable? To, If you wanted to create yes. the perfect audition to be a pitch man yeah. for a company, I'm pretty sure you're the gooey cookie right no. there.
0: Well done. That's one of the kinder descriptions Goodness of me gracious. over the days. I appreciate the gooey cookie. No, it's, And that's sincere. Like I, Having had the opportunity to swing with it, I use, I use the Prince Graphite, just so you know, so that's what I'm coming you're from. old school. I am old school. Respect for I it. I thought I was. And I thought I would never find that sort of control and a freer swing. And it's literally just like, oh, they, technology has gotten better. Like, that's what I realized right. when I used the Yonix. I was like, oh, my God. Like, they kept the outside, but now I can swing a little bit more freely because, all right, let's just go all in. Bablot's never been for me. It's just, it's a free swing. Like, I'll just use my shoe instead. It's the exactly. same deal. Okay. But Yonix, again, you, you can get outside the ball. And so, it's, again, I guess that's a tangent. Saturday morning, there's a Yonix racket day.
1: Demo day, 9 to 11. Go sign up for it if you'd like to. It's free. It'll be fun. And before we go, I want to ask you about a player that I watched at Indian Wells. Okay. And I want to get a young man's eye view of it. Okay. On I, I can't remember in the first round or second round I watched him play Mackie McDonald and I'm talking of Holger Runa, okay. who's now added a syllable to his name yeah. now that he's in the top ten he used to be just Holger Rune yeah. but now he's Runa, because I guess he's you know once he got top ten
0: it's an umlaut now and over I'm the... thinking of,
1: I'm thinking of myself at uh, Tom Fontana walking up uh, Johnny Levine's best friend and doubles partner and our That's teammate like. from the University of Texas anyway Holger <laughs> Runa. so I think after I watch him play McDonald this guy's going to be one in the world mm-hmm. and then I watch him play Stan warinka sure. two days later and i'm thinking this guy's got a lot to learn he's yeah. still a little young what is the young man's eye view of runa how much optimism do you have of th- this guy pushing alcaraz for that eventual number one ranking when these guys are in their
0: 20s i look at it as a foursome with a golf course in the background that feels like the proper description i think there's four next gen guys the okay. the 2000 or later crew i call them actually the next gen 2.0 and okay. i think obviously carlos alcaraz slam champion right i joke around he's not eliminated from the goat conversation yet like you know Everyone has the GOAT conversation. It's Federer, it's Djokovic, it's Nadal. That's it's Pap- boring. It's Patrick to me. Mahomes. Yeah, I like to go with who's not eliminated from <laughs> okay. that conversation because 99.9% of 19 year olds, they're eliminated from the GOAT. Like, again, yes, Holger Rune probably not going to be the GOAT. Carlos Alcaraz could still he be might. the GOAT. It's in the, it's in the realm of possibilities. Ika Sviantek, by the way, also not eliminated from the GOAT conversation yet. On the men's side, Carlos. I think Yannick Sinner somehow became underrated. I don't know when it happened, but he did. And he, him and Nadal, the only guys to make every slam second week last year. Yannick Sinner sleepwalks to quarterfinals. Like, he's just going to get to the that's final the stages. Yeah, but the problem, yeah, exactly. And then he doesn't have the signature win right. yet. But that's the last, like, he has done everything but. So it's it's the last step he's there. I think Felix Ogier-Aliassime somehow gets left out of this conversation and if you look at the history books, the youngest people to do everything, Djokovic, Nadal, Del Potro, Zverev, Bernard Tomic, but we'll forget about that one, Carlos Alcarez, Felix Ogier-Aliassime. Those are the seven names that come up on every list of youngest of all time and it's like his serve, his forehand. That works. Like, I got I've a, seen I got it a work. youngest
1: of all time for you that you left out. Chang. Mats Vlander. Oh, also. Only player in the history of men's tennis, in the history of the sport. To win four majors before age twenty-one. So let's it's give fair. him his. I he hear should he have does. Been here.
0: I hear he does this thing called KickSurfRadio.com. That's wow. that's what All he does right. particularly well. If you were to ask me, quite good. He's yeah. probably the second or third best guy on the team. Yeah, I, um, I assume yeah. on the radio show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, very well said. Yeah, that's great. I can uh, say
1: that because he's not here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's the theme of this. The whole episode title for this podcast is "He's Not Here." And what so about we get Ben to touch, Shelton. Honestly. What do you think of? Oh. Now you've opened Pandora's box. How much time do we have? Someone bring the drink. We need it. Um, Yeah, you can't teach that serve and just athletically – it's a joke. I, I've been there in person. It's just the thing about Ben is you never have to tell him to speed up. You never have to teach him anything. It's just about reining him in. And ask any tennis coach yourself. I'm sure Johnny. You could ask anyone here. What would you rather do? Have the kid you need to teach to speed up, or have the te- kid you need to s- teach to slow down? And the answer is to slow down because you can't right. fake those weapons. I think Ben elevates himself to that tier. I think Sebby Corda elevates himself to that tier yeah, if healthy as well. Just because his like, if I were to make it. I call Sebi the James Harden of tennis players, where it's like if you were to make someone in a lab, statistically, size, technique-wise, it would be—looks it as well, if we're going to be honest—it would be the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Sebi Korda. Yeah, like, I was about like, to say, uh, that's
1: not James Harden. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay.
0: That's like—that's Sebi to a T. Right. Um— I think all those guys are that good. Like, I, I do think Runa—I mean, he's won a Masters event. He's 19 right. years old. His backhand's a joke. If you watched him as a teenager, the things he struggled with most were his serve and his first strike forehand. And he's already gotten loads better at it. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would throw into the mix—and I'm curious, I'd like to hear your response— to just that list of names in general. I know there's a lot of names thrown at you. Um, but if you think I'm on to something with that next-gen 2.0 cohort, if they are thriving— um, but when I watch, you know, again, Runa, I also think he's crazy enough to believe he could be world number one. That he has that—it's all about me. I'm I'm the main character of this show. Energy that you kind of need. Well, this guy that just
1: walked away, this Tom Fontana, yeah. <laughs> he used to talk about how disappointed he was okay. in the previous generations' inability to snatch away an occasional major. Yeah, sure. from Federer, Nadal, and and Djokovic. And now I think that this. This, this 2.0 generation yeah. that you're talking about, these guys don't seem awed by that. Yes. And maybe it's because these guys have finally aged out of sure. being, just having the entire sport by the throat. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, yeah, you're seeing, I once made the mistake of, of asking Roger Federer in a press conference at okay. Indian and Wells if he was fearful that when he and Djokovic and Nadal rode off into the sunset, if there would be a void in popularity in the sport. Mm-hmm. And Roger kind of looked at me like, I was crazy and said, no, you know, the sport's much bigger than me, Rafa, and Novak. And and now I'm starting to see what he meant, but not by way of champions amassing accomplishments, but by players playing the game at a level to which these guys may consider themselves unfamiliar. Yeah. The way they used to describe Jack Nicholas. Yeah. And so when you watch a match like Al Caraz and Sinner yeah. in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Center Open last has match points. He has match points, but the level of play, it yeah. was in the middle of the night, so so many people didn't see it. The winner of that was winning. The, the winner the of that was winning, but it was considered by many to be the highest level of tennis For that has sure. ever been played. Wow. And if they're raising the bar to that level, then that's what's going to carry the sport is the level of play. Mm-hmm. Maybe the major championships will be spread out. You would think they mu- they have to be. Yeah. You're not gonna have three guys in this generation win twenty majors. Yeah. It just doesn't see. but you're gonna have a lot of guys win a handful and it's gonna be it's gonna be very intriguing, every mm-hmm. single major.
0: Absolutely. Did you watch Medvedev Zverev at Indian Wells a couple days ago? Did you see any of it? I saw Emil Roussevori. Yeah, uh, sure. And, and, and Zverev. Well, Zverev Medvedev played the... Two revel- tiebreakers and was, then a 7-5, yeah. The, it was the the next generation version of what Murray and Djokovic used to do, where the combination right. of physicality, it's just like, Murray and Djokovic took the game to a new level physically on the men's side. Zverev, Medvedev are continuing that trend. All these guys. Alcaraz, it's absolutely crazy. But since we're talking generations, before I let you go, you mentioned your teammates. So let me just ask you, because this is, I like to pride myself as maybe college tennis's guru keynote historian okay. well, I, a historian more <laughs> than right. guru um because someone's got to be keeping track of everything yeah, absolutely better college career kevin curran or johnny levine
1: kevin curran had a he was kevin one of the goats he, we don't talk well, enough he about won an him. ncaa championship yeah exactly right and so kevin uh was very dominant i think Johnny may have surprised a few people because Kevin was a big guy with a yeah. big game and a big serve. And, you know, Kevin got to Wimbledon and, and made, you know, the final and beat Connors and McEnroe without losing a set. And, you know, Johnny was, you, you know, he's not, he's 5'9", you yeah. know, buck 50 soaking wet. But he went out there and he would just grind away like in an, an, an Alex Demonar fashion. Okay. And so I think for what was expected of Johnny with, with, with his game and the fact that he wasn't going to win a ton of free points like Curran mm-hmm. did with the serve, um, I was there watching every bit of it, and Johnny, he just never lost in Austin. Mm-hmm. And so you would have to say if you were going to rank the guys in order, you're probably putting Curran at the top. Yeah. You're probably putting Steve Bryan.
0: I was going to say Brian or s- Denton, who s- goes higher. Yeah,
1: probably Brian for winning an NCAA championship. Sure. Steve Denton is another guy that had a great career. Gary Plock played four sure. years at number one. Uh, Johnny made the semis of the NCAAs and had a near miss against Michael Pernforce. Absolutely. Should have won, could have won. I don't want to say should, uh, but he could have won the NCAAs that year. Um, All I can say is I am as proud of Johnny as any player that's ever played there. And to be there last September to watch him inducted into the Texas Longhorn Sports Hall of Honor, along with Mm -hmm. fellow Phoenician now, Kevin Durant, (laughs) who's now in town, and Sam Ocho, and the list of great Longhorns. And to see Johnny go in representing our tennis team Mm-hmm. Uh, was something we were all honored by and it couldn't go to a more well-deserving Longhorn.
0: No, well, very well said and you know who's going to be joining that Mount Rushmore soon? Elliot Spazieri. He's going to be on that Texas Mount Rushmore. Great soon. Great
1: mention. He is. Yeah. He is kicking. I butt. mean,
0: he was top ten in the country last year, and he did it with one wrist. Wouldn't, like,
1: I, I wouldn't count Caleb Stearns out either. Oh. Right? Won the NCAs last year. Was playing some great tennis last I saw at Indian Wells as well. That 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 women's team at Texas, two national championships in a row and oh. counting.
0: I was there. Peyton, there exceptional. Charlotte. Peyton Stearns. All, yeah. All Peyton them. Stearns, Kylie and yeah, it's it's a good group. They're young. They're talented. As are you, my friend, and it's yeah, very as enjoyable. Are you, yeah, Alex I appreciate Groskin. you saying that. It's very enjoyable to get the chance to chat with you. Obviously, won't be the only time we do this.
1: KickserveRadio.com this meets Cracked Rackets, yeah. and Cracked Rackets taught me a few things. This is a dangerous is collaboration. It I is.
0: appreciate, it. ladies and gentlemen, again. Appreciate always being joined by the great. Andy Thank great. you very much, my Thank friend. Thank you, Alex. Yes.